Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. Hello, everybody. This is Rick Thomas. If you haven't checked out our coffee shop, please make your way over to lifeovercoffee.com. We have thousands of resources that are waiting just for you. I'm going to pretend just for a moment that you have a friend or two who is a little bit complex, maybe challenging. Possibly you have an annoying friend. And if you do, I have seven things for your consideration, and I trust that they will benefit you just in case you have a an annoying and challenging friend. Did you know that God did not create all friends equally? You have some friends that you want in your innermost circle, that closest network of people that you surround yourself with because they are biblical, biblically mature And that implies, obviously, that they are reciprocating friends. You can speak into their life, and they can competently speak into your life, too. Perhaps there are others that you must keep at arm's length because they are tedious, because they require more work to maintain the relationship. This second group of people, I call them unidirectional friends, These are not reciprocal friends. These are acquaintances who cannot, for whatever reason, speak into your life, making it a one-way street to where you're always serving them. Now, that is a great idea to serve others. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. But we want to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves, infrastructurally speaking, And part of taking care of ourselves is having reciprocating friends because you can't always be pouring out to others. And so if you have challenging friends, here are seven considerations that I trust will help you, maybe challenge you in some ways. They're not in any order of significance. They're just seven things that you can can actually rate them. You can actually pick out the ones that are important to you and maybe the ones that you need to address perhaps or something you need to change in your life. All right, so consideration number one, do you need them? Does this person have something that you need? Now, I am loosely using the word need here. Of course, you don't need them in the strictest sense. You can live without them. But here's the thing. Sometimes we can elevate people to a place that we need something or desire or crave something that they have, and if we elevate elevate them to that place, then they will control us. That's what I mean by, do you need them? Is there something that they have that you crave? We call this the fear of man. When we want something from someone, like, I need you to accept me. I need you to approve me. I need you to respect me. I need you to love me. And so I'm asking the question, do you really, really need them? Have you given them that kind of control over you? Number two, friend groups. You see, friends fall into two broad friend groups. Those who do the will of God and those who do not do the will of God. You hear Jesus talking about this. Who who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Those who do the will of God. And in the strictest sense, those are the two 
friend groups that we have, those who are going to heaven and those who are not. And everybody fits in one or two of those categories. Now, within each group, there are degrees of closeness. Jesus had many friends who did the will of God, but all of them did not all of them were not in his innermost bubble. I have friends who love God, but all of them do not have equal access to me. I mean, on a practical level, that's not even possible to have deep friendships. You can only have deep reciprocating friendships with just a, a few people. So there could be many friends that you have who are doing the will of God, but they're accept access points and the amount of time they spend with you, well, it will be different depending on different criteria. And then you will have friends who don't do the will of God. They are in this other friend group. And I have many, for example, lost friends. I love them. I appreciate being with them, but they don't have equal access as my close friends who are doing the will of God. And then there are those who are just challenging and complex and tedious friends, and they're in both groups. Well, that, those are the ones that you may want to consider uh, keeping them at arm's length. I'm not talking about unloving them, but just being wise with the access points and the quantity of time that you devote to them. And so consideration number one was, do you need them? And then consideration two is to think about these, not just the two friend groups, but the gradations within each group. Number three, reciprocal friends. I've already talked about this. Your closest friends must be reciprocating friends regarding transparency, honesty, truth-telling. There must be reciprocal benefits within your intimate relationships. Iron sharpens iron, and so the other piece of iron has to be the same quality, the same maturation, so that you can reciprocate and mature each other. If a person is unwilling to meet you where you are and to contribute similarly as you are contributing to them, then they really should not be in your innermost circle of friends. And so number three is reciprocating friends. And then I want to tease that out into number four, transparent friends. Many people have a hard time being honest about themselves. Oh, they can talk about other people but they're unwilling to turn the spotlight on themselves in appropriate and biblical ways. You do not want that kind of person in your inner circle. Somebody who is willing to talk about others but not be transparent themselves, well, the implication is clear. They will talk about you outside of your earshot. You don't want that person in your innermost circle where you are sharing things about yourself. They are not reciprocating. They are not transparent. And there's some trust issues there. And so transparent friends is essential. Number five is draining friends. Now you have to determine how many consuming friends that you want in your life. As I said earlier, you always want to be serving people. 1045 of Mark, I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve. We do that with wisdom. We do that with proper parameters put up. We don't exclude everybody, but we have to be wise because, again, there's only so much time and space 
and of course you want to devote to your innermost circle. And so you have to determine how many consuming friends you want in your life. Now here are five questions that I would love for you to answer as you think about the draining friends, the annoying people in your life. Number one, is God leading you to serve this person? I mean, is he leading you? Uh, to befriend this person knowing that there are caveats here, there are footnotes here, uh, there might be a minefield here. Is God leading you to serve this person? Number two, do you have a consistent context to speak into this person's life? If you're serving them and want to help them to grow, mature, change, well, you can't do that willy-nilly. I mean, once every six months and uh, three times a year, uh, you want to consistently speak into their life. And so are you in a similar life pattern? Uh, do you attend the same church? Uh, are you part of the same church? Are you, uh, do you work at the same place? Do you live in the same community? Are, are there contact points that you make during your day and week to where you just naturally see this person without having to like put them on the calendar? This is just a person in your uh, path of life. And you can consistently speak to them because they're in some context of yours. And so that's a consideration. Number three, is this person open to your care? Do they want you discipling them, caring for them, speaking into their lives? Number four, what's the purpose of the relationship? I mean, why do you have this relationship? Now, Paul said that we do all things to the glory of God, so somehow the glory of God has to fit within uh, the answer to that question, what is the purpose of the relationship? And then finally, number five, are you aware this person may never change? And that's important. Uh, if you have a consuming friend, an annoying friend, a challenging friend, there's a possibility that repentance will never be granted, that this person will never change. And so, therefore, that's why I'm asking question number one was, is God leading you to serve this person? Because it could be that this person will always be this way. Seven considerations for your annoying friends. Here's number six, learn to say no. Learn the importance of saying no to those who want into your inner bubble. Jesus was willing not to meet everybody's expectations, and that is a reasonable expectation that we want to place on us. You cannot meet everybody's expectations, and so you want to learn the value of saying no. You know, it, he would hurt Jesus. He would hurt people's feelings, if it were for their ultimate good. He rebuked Peter. He did not meet Mary and Martha's expectations. He told the rich, rich young ruler some very hard truth that actually seems to have severed that relationship. Number six, learn to say no. And then finally, number seven, control your time and space. You're in charge of your time and your space do not give control of these things to other people. Do not let people manage your calendar, manage your mental priorities, manage your time, your va values, and other things that are going on in your life. You must carefully steward your life, or you will be full of noisy people, and they will drain you eventually. I'm not saying that you should be rude. You should never be rude. But you must steward 
your soul and steward your practical life because if you don't, somebody else will. Seven considerations for challenging friends. Let me ask a couple of questions and then we'll wrap up here. Number one, do you have annoying friends in your life? I trust that you can answer that question without a self-righteous attitude, looking down on them as though you are better. I know that you won't do that, but that could be a temptation with some people to look down on them as though we are somehow different or better. If we are different in any way that's positive or redemptive, it is because of the grace of God in our lives, so we can never look down on them self-righteously. But the question is, do you have annoying friends? How do you think about them? And that is the question. You can either think about them self-righteously, or you can think about them with pity, knowing that we were once there as well. And that may determine your approach to them and your interaction with them. Number two, do any of these friends control you, manage you, your soul, your time, your priorities? If so, why do you let it happen? Going back to point number one, do you need this person? You need their love, their approval, their respect? If, if one of these friends do control you, in what specific way will you change? And then finally, number three, would you review my list of seven things and rank them as the most common ones regarding your challenging friends? And then would you be willing to speak with someone in your inner reciprocating circle about this ranking that you gave and explain to them why and then seek their help? Let them serve you. Seven considerations for challenging friends. One final thing, for those of you who aren't familiar, we have an all-online mastermind training program. We teach people how to do biblical counseling, or what I prefer is discipleship. If you want to grow in your discipleship skills, it is a completely contained online course. We've been doing it for more than a decade. It is solid. It is bibliocentric. It is interactive because it is supervised. Uh, it's a tremendous course. And if you're interested in that, go over to lifeovercoffee.com and you can go through the introductory LMS, the learning management system. That's a free little miniature course that you can go through that explains the mastermind program. And again, that's a free opportunity for you to learn more about our mastermind training. And then we also have another course called No More Fear, How to Overcome Being Controlled by Other People. It is a course, all online, again, 100% all online, uh, that teaches you how to overcome the fear of man. One of the things that I was talking about uh, here, and so you can take that standalone topical course or our mastermind program, that's available too. And then, of course, we have thousands upon thousands of resources in our coffee shop, lifeovercoffee.com. Thank you so much and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.